Thank you so much for joining us today. This podcast is a ministry of Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. For more information about our church or services, please visit our website at mvbaptist.org. We sincerely hope you enjoy the message. I believe every generation at a certain point gets to where their main focus and their main saying is, there's just nobody left that loves the Lord. And then I look up on stage and between Curran and Chris and then look across this place here, the 20-somethings that are up here singing about the blood of Jesus. And I realize that, yes, the world's in bad shape right now, but we do have some warriors that are coming up. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. Let me tell you something. What I want you to do before we even get started really with the, with the uh, sermon tonight is I want you to think of every person in your life that needs to be born again. Every person in your life that needs to be born again. Then those people who are born again who desperately need to get busy for the Lord. This morning, just this morning, I was reading an article. I was reading that article and it was talking about persecution. And that Mexico, of all places, Mexico has made it into the top 50 of those who persecute Christians. And I never would have thought that, as Catholic as they are and such, and I know that Catholicism and such, and we go into talking about that, the differences between Protestantism and Catholicism and such, but I, I never would have thought that would be the case. And then it said it made number 37 out of the top 50. And then it said, because there are two major drug cartels and over 17 organized crime organizations in Mexico, and these Christians are kind of messing up stuff. So they're going in there and they're, they're persecuting them and they're killing them and they're torturing them. Now, number 37 out of 50, you think that's not too bad, but folks, that's bad. Here's the thing. The devil, friends, he has a hit list. But so does God. So does God. You know, when, I, when I think about God's hit list, I don't think about, and I'm going to be honest with you, I, during this political season and looking at all that's happening I have gotten angry at times. I have thought, I have been, uh, I, I was on the steps up there at the Capitol. I know Greg was and several others were up there at the steps of the Capitol when all that went down. And, and I really wondered if it wasn't the end, if we weren't really about to take the nation. I, I, I mean, there were times, hey, here's the big thing about it. I was standing there where people were climbing up the scaffold in front of me. And I thought to myself, the only thing I could think of is I told Amy I wasn't going to get in trouble. Amen. <laughs> That's I was just like, I get in trouble with the law, just not Amy, praise God. But here, here's, here, here's the thing, here's the thing. I can get me a list up of all the people in government that I'd love to see gone. Now, just the flesh talking for a minute. That I'd love to see gone. I, I, could, I could get that list and, and, and look here, look here. And, and, and I know what the Bible says and praying for our enemies and loving our enemies and feeding our enemies and, and all these things like that. And I, I could have me a list, a long list like that. And, and there, once was a, there once was a lady and she was an older lady in church and, and the pastor was preaching on that very thing. And he got to talking. He, he got him to raise a hand. He said, how many of you have enemies and such? And they, they'd raise their hand and stuff. And this, this elderly lady never raised her hand. After church, he went to her and he said, he said, ma'am, he said, I, I just want to ask you about that. I mean, you just don't have any. She said, I don't have any enemies. He said, well, you, you're going to have to teach us. How in the world did you do that? She says, I outlived every one of them. Amen? But here, here's, here's the thing. I promise you I can, I can make a list. And I have a long list of those, those people that I thought, man, the country would be a whole lot better if they didn't have this on earth. 
Or if they didn't have that one, if, they, if, if God would just listen to me for just a second and, and, and let me have a list of people, if he'd take them out, Sammy, we'd be okay in this nation. And then I realized that's probably not the case. I need to, God says, why don't you focus on my hit list? If you would, please stand for the reading of God's word. Who can be on his hit list? Well, that could be teachers and preachers and restaurant owners and helpers and, and builders and cooks and carpenters and fishermen and athletes and girls and boys and cousins and uncles. All that stuff, they can all be on this hit list. There's, there's no, and look, you can't escape it. I'm telling you, folks, let me tell you something about your loved ones, and I'm going to read the scripture. Let me tell you something about your loved ones. They can run away from your phone calls. They can run away from you talking to them. They can get mad at you, and they can never talk to you on this side, but they can't do anything about you praying for them. They can't run from your prayers. They can't run from your prayers. If you would, Acts chapter 9, verses 1. Through six, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went into the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that he may found in it, be found in this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told to thee what thou must do. You may be seated. Here's the thing, folks. Paul's looking looking for those folks who are following who he believes to be a dead Jesus, and the alive Jesus is seeking him out. The alive Jesus is seeking him out. See, what I want you to do while I'm preaching tonight is I want you to gather a list. The bottom three, for those of you who got the paper, the bottom three lines there are for you to write those names down as we, as we keep preaching through this sermon. I want you to write those names down because they're going on your hit list. See, Paul, here's what Paul had. Paul had a list of people he had to go and find, knock on doors. He was a modern-day terrorist, beating down doors, and he was going inside, grabbing them out. Even Stephen, he stood over Stephen and held the clothes of the people who were killing Stephen. Stephen took his last breath in front of Saul, who would become Paul. He took his last breath, and here was, here was Paul minding his own business. He was walking down the road. He was, having, he was doing his own thing. He was, hey, look, 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 listen to me. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're standing in the gymnasium, and they're picking teams for, for the different games and stuff, and you happen to be one of the last three or four that's being picked, and you're like, oh, if I just can't be last to be picked, just not last to be picked. Here is Paul not thinking anything about Jesus Christ. He's walking down the road, and bang. God picks him right there, and he's got him on the list. A hitman is taking him out. He says, you're mine now. Paul had no inkling to follow Jesus until that very moment. Folks, here's the thing. Somebody you're praying for right now, who's at home right now, who's not thinking of the things of Jesus, who's not even worried about the things of Jesus, needs you to pray that the hitman himself, and I mean that in a reverent way, will in fact have him on that list for tonight. For this night, as we pray and ask him, Lord, would you please find a way to save this person and see them come to know you? Oh, folks, listen, God God sees everything. God saw what Paul could do. He knew Paul loved him as God, but he hated his son Jesus. And there's no, you can't have the two of them. You can't have the two. And look, he sees everything. He sees when you're doing good. He sees when you're doing bad. He sees when you're cheating at golf. He sees all of that. 
He sees all. Look, look, I, and, and I understand that. I mean, I, I look back there at Christy. Christy's hiding her eyes. She knows she cheats at golf. She told me yesterday, this is what she told me yesterday. I said, you playing golf? She called the day before I was calling her back. I said, you playing golf? She said, oh, no, no, I can't go out there. I said, why can't you go out there? She said, it would mess up my hair. I said, Christy, I said, I thought you loved golf. I thought there are three ways, Sammy, to get a better golf game, and that is to prepare, I mean, to, you know, to, to practice, to take lessons, and to cheat. I'm not sure which one she does. But here, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He sees everything. He sees the person, he sees the person that needs them, and he knows, and look, he's walking along, Paul's walking along, and he says, he says, he says, Saul, he says, no longer will you be this, you'll be this. You were on my hit list. I found you when you didn't think I would. Who are you? Why is it you're doing this to me? I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Oh, friends, listen to me. The one you thought wouldn't come to him, the, the family member you thought would never come to him is coming to him. And folks, you've got to tell him it's a free gift. Everybody wants something from them. Every time you get on the computer, there's an ad. Every time you go, every time you get on your phone, somebody's trying to sell you something. Everybody's selling a program sell this or sell that you got to tell them speaking of golf harry pinnock he was a golfer back in the 1920s and he would write he would write in his little notebook at all the things he was learning about golf in early 1990 he was 90 years old 1991 he had all these manuscripts and he went to a writer and he said do you think we could publish these he's 90 years old do you think we could publish these the writer says i think so this is good stuff he goes, to, he goes to Harry's wife, the writer does, the next day. He goes to, he goes to, uh, he goes to these uh, publishers. They want it and everything. He's so excited that after one day these publishers want it, he goes to Harry's wife and he says, they've agreed upon a $90,000, a $90,000 uh, advancement. He goes to, he, goes to uh, he calls Simon and & Schuster and he says to them, this is Harry, he says, all of my medical bills, I can't afford to, I can't afford to pay you $90,000. They said, no, sir, you don't understand. We're going to pay you $90,000. The problem with everybody out there is they think there's, there's something to this Christianity. What's the catch? What's the catch, Chris? Well, you telling me this is a free gift to me? I mean, after all I've done, after all the sin I've been involved in, after everything I've been, you're telling me that he's going to give this to me for free, that all I have to do is believe? So, oh yeah, this is a free gift. Bang, got, hitman, got his person. And instead, he says, listen, I'm going to come to you when you least expect it. Oh, that you would pray for those people right now. That you would pray for them right now. They'd be pulled from the fire. Spurgeon teaches a sermon, preaches a sermon about this very thing. Can you imagine having a bonfire? And you, and all of a sudden, one of your kids comes out of the house and has something you value so much and has thrown it into the fire you have. And you think, oh no, and you grab and pluck it out. That's what God does to every soul he saves. He plucks them out of the fire. He plucks them out. There's something valuable to me. There's something valuable. It pulls them out. Oh, folks, the very first thing that we saw there was Jesus' hit list are those called to salvation. The next thing is they're, they're, called, to, they're called to motivation. They called him up. What motivates you to see your friends saved? What motivates you to keep going? What motivates you to the point of, of, of getting on your knees and crying out for them? You'll say, Lord, listen, Ryan, I, you know, I've been praying forever and I, and I pray every night before I go to bed. I wonder how much, I wonder how much you don't want them to go to hell. 
I wonder how much you wanted to go to heaven and be with Christ. I wonder what motivates you. See, God's hit list is going after people who are motivated. You see, here's the thing. He, he saves them and then he wants to motivate them. And, and you say, well, Ryan, I, I don't know what, what can motivate me. A man's coming through, he's, he's coming home from a party he had been at and he had been drinking too much and he, he, he comes through a cemetery. He said, that's a shortcut. He falls down into a grave and he's trying this empty grave that they were going to put somebody in the next day. He's scared. He's trying to climb out. Lo and behold, another guy's coming. He, he gets, gets tired, leans against the back wall. Another guy's coming through, falls into it also, starts trying to climb out. He says, and all of a sudden he hears a voice says, you'll never get out of here. He got out of there. Folks, that's motivation. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. What's your motivation for wanting your loved one saved? What's your motivation for wanting the great hitman to take him out? And I mean to get them. I mean to save them. See, they were one thing one day and they were another thing the next day. I was one thing, Charles, one day and the next day I was something else. Why? Because the hitman got me. Because I was on his hit list. Because somebody was praying, won't you put him on your list? Won't you put him on your list, God? And he's like, sure, they're on my list, but I need to just pray for them. I can work in their life. I want to know who cares about them, who loves them, who wants me to get in there, who wants me to move in there. Oh, and the hitman comes walking through. Paul's mind is all in business and Bang! All of a sudden, he's somebody completely different. Hit man got him. Somebody's motivated, folks. I read a story about Herbert Hoover. He said one day he was he 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 wanted a job, and at Stanford University, where he was going to get his job, he he said, "Guys, I I need a job. I'm trying to work here in the office, make money to pay for school." They said, "Sure," but the only thing we need is a typist. He said, "I'll take the job, but I can't start till Tuesday." I said, "Okay." True story. He comes in that Tuesday and they say, they say, well, we're glad you're here, but why in the world did you have to wait till Tuesday? He said, I had to go rent a typewriter and learn to type. Folks, that's motivation. That's motivation. You say, well, what have I got to do to, to see, my, see my loved one on the list? First of all, you just tell the Lord he's on your list. He's on your list and you're praying for him. That you want, you want him to reach inside. Look, here's the thing. God's a gentleman, folks. He's a gentleman. But sometimes you, you got to pray it so hard that he comes in and smacks him upside the face and says, I am your God. I want to save you. I want to help you through this. Folks, you say, oh, listen, I don't know about, I, I don't know too many people need to be saved. That's a shame. That's a shame. If you ain't got three, you don't know anybody. I'm telling you, folks, I'm telling you that God picks people. And then he looked, once he saved you, he has picked you for certain purposes. We sat in the deacons meeting the other day. Listen to me. Pastor Rex knows this. Pastor Chet knows. Listen to me. Listen to me. Never in the history of the United States have Christian leaders across this land been in the situation we're in now. When you're facing a national shutdown for 100 days or you're facing this or that, when you're facing, look, look, I, we, we, you know what they said? You know what the Bible says? When you go to the book of Esther, Mordecai looks, looks at his, he, he looks at his cousin and he says to her, he says, I've adopted you, but you know, you're going to be in the king's palace. He said, and you're, you've been, you've married the king and I know things are rough and I thought things are tough and our people are about to die and you're scared and all these things, but you got to be courageous because maybe you were picked for such a time as this. Maybe, see, see, plucked, plucked, maybe you were picked, maybe you were on his hit list and he said, you know what, I need you to be a leader, I need you to lead, I need you to lead and I picked you. You say, how did I get picked? You were on his list. And God always gets his man or woman. 
God's going through there. He, he, he's going through, and he's got that list. He's trying his best to work through it. He's working through it, folks. And you look, everything that we ought to be involved in in this, everything that we ought to be involved in, our love for country and our fight for our country, everything that you do, folks, you are put there for a reason. You're not working for the school system. You're working for Jesus. You're not working for the mechanic. You're working for Jesus. You're not working. The way ever it is that you work, you're not working for the hospital. You're working for Jesus. And he says, I picked you for that very thing. He says to Alan or he says to any other nurse in here, Kim, or any other nurse in here, he says, I have picked you to be in those hospitals for this specific time, for this specific year, this specific day, and for that specific patient. I picked you. You were on my list. You were on my list. Called to be motivated. Paul said, Paul said, who are you? He says, I want you to go and I want you to, to, I want you to go to Ananias. This is later in the story. He said, I want you to go to Ananias. He'll be waiting on you. He's going to teach you what you need to do. At that very point, Paul can't see. He's got what's called scales on his eyes and such. He can't see. He can't, he can't maneuver. He can't do anything. He realizes this Jesus has just spoken to him. The guys that are with him, they, they hear something, but they can't tell exactly what they're saying, what the voice is saying and such. They're all confused. He's got to find Ananias. He is motivated to get there and do this for the Lord. The next thing is this. On Jesus' hit list, he calls those to action and those to friction. Folks, let me tell you something. I told you this story, so I'll make this one quick. I told you this story a couple of weeks ago, but I want to rehash it just quickly so I can lead into something else. Charles Stanley was an associate pastor, and he was associate pastor at First Baptist Atlanta. He'd been there for a few years as such, and he was, he was, beginning, to, he was beginning to do well, and this other pastor was going to retire, and he was coming in, and the deacons... There were a few power brokers. Most of the deacons wanted to be pastor, but there were a few power brokers. And one of the power brokers got up in front of the church on Wednesday night, and he said, we ought not do this, we ought not do this. And in the middle of him giving his speech, he cussed. Said some, said some, said some foul words. So Charles just lightly got up and said, I really need you to watch your language in the house of the Lord. That deacon reared back and punched him in the face. Whop! Just as hard as he could. Just as hard as he could. Stanley went to the ground. Andy Stanley was about, I don't know, about 10 years old at the time. Andy said he saw his daddy just stand up. He didn't go to fighting. He just stood right by the deacon. He didn't move until everybody adjourned for the night. You see, Jesus has picked some of us to suffer. You say, oh, Ryan, no, no, he wants everybody healed. No, some people he's picked because they can handle it. Some people, some people can't. Some people will ruin it. Some people, some people have been picked for. Paul was picked to suffer. You say, oh, I don't believe what you're saying. Why don't you ask Paul? Why don't you go to when he starts talking about the shipwrecks and the robberies and the beatings and the lashes and all the prison time and all the times he was near death and when they beat him up and left him for dead. All these things, why don't you ask him about it? Some people are picked to, to carry the gospel and to suffer in the midst of it. He says, oh, listen, I don't, I don't know about this. I, I, I don't know about it. Paul didn't say that at all. He said, you just send me. I'm going. I believe you are who you are. You've blinded me. Now, you, now I can see. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go out into this world. I'm ready to tell the world what it's about. Ananias, you know what Ananias says? It's so funny. 
When God tells Ananias, Paul is coming, he says, you got to be kidding me. This is the same guy that's killing Christians. This is the same guy that's beating them up and tearing. Yeah, all this kind of, and you want me? He says, no, no, no. What does he say? I've picked him to suffer for me. Ananias, you can't tell me what I'm going to do with him. You can't tell me what I can do with him. I'm going to take him and he is going to suffer for my sake. That's what he told Ananias. He is going to suffer for my sake. Oh my goodness, that you would put those people on your list and you would go down and say, God, put them on your hit list, Lord. I'm just sending them to you right now. And while they're sitting at home, just thinking about nothing, they're not thinking about Jesus. They're thinking about what's for supper. They're eating supper and all of a sudden tears start flowing out of their eyes and they say, oh, I got to come to Jesus and they don't even know why they got to come to him. Folks, all that we would put him on, the, put him on the hit list, that we would believe, oh, that God would find a farm boy, that he would find a farm boy in North Carolina and make him an evangelist like Billy Graham. Oh, that he'd find an old, an old drunk baseball player in Billy Sunday and make him an evangelist. Oh, that he would find the men, women, boys, and girls that are witnessing all over this world, and he would pick them to go in and suffer for him. Oh, that you put them on your hit list. That you let God, that you let God work in, in their life, folks. Oh, let you let it work in your life. You say, Ryan, I don't know if I want to suffer. Let me tell you something about the Christian life. If you're following him closely, you don't have a choice. Roger Stallback, football player, 1971, won the NFL championship. He said this, they asked him one time when he was playing injured, they said, Roger, why are you playing injured? He said, there's not a single football player out here that plays football that's not playing injured. You say, oh, I can't, I can't witness right now, I'm going through a bunch. You say, oh, listen, I, I'm going to I'm gonna get back to church, you know, as far as my, well, as far as my spirit's concerned. I'm, I'm going I'm to get back there and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on fire for the Lord. But right now I'm going through so much. Let me tell you something. Every person in this room at some point has gone through something. If you're in the game, you're hurting. If you're in the witnessing game, you're hurting. If you're in the, if you're in the spreading Jesus, or if you're in that gat gang, if you're on that team, if you're on that team, you're hurting in some way. Now listen, things are going good and you're happy and all these things like that. You're joyful, but I'm telling you, there are times when those storms are just beating you down and God says, I wonder what they're going to do now. I wonder if they're going to be strong in the midst of it. Here's the thing. Your list ought to include some family members. Your list ought to include family. <laughs> and I know that's tough. I've got some aunts and some cousins that so desperately need the Lord. And they know I'm praying for them. My, my cousin, one of my cousins, David, he was up in Washington, D.C. too. I didn't know it, Greg. I didn't know it. He was in Washington, D.C. So I texted him when I got home. And we got to talking about it. He said, I tell you what, Ryan. He said, you take care of praying for my soul. And I'll take care of your back. And I told him this, you know, because he's old. He's a, he's a Marine and he knows the guns. He knows the fighting and all that. And I said this. I said, 
What we need to know more than anything is where your soul is going for eternity more than where my back's going to be temporarily. Family needs to be on your list. And family can be hard. This little girl, she runs into her parents and she's crying. She's crying. She says, oh, Billy, Billy, my, my brother. She, and she says, what's wrong? Stop, stop, slow down. She says, Billy broke my doll. She says, how did Billy break your doll? She said, I hit him over the head with it. Amen. Oh, listen to me. Family can be tough. You know which one of your family members need to be on that list. You know which one, you know which one needs to be on your list. You know which ones need to be there. This morning, this morning, uh, Kayla came to me, Kayla Jones, and she said, uh, this is a physical matter with her, with her daddy, basically. He, he's suffering from a disease and prayed for. And you can tell when the tears start flowing in the eyes. The pedicists have been keeping me up with this little girl, Amherst Bedford. Amherst has cancer and doesn't look like anything, anything can be done. Doesn't look like anything can be done. We've sent them a little money, help them here and there, but they, they've been up at St. Jude for years. This little girl is, unless there's a miracle, she's going to pass away. I think she's 12 years old or so, am I right? She's going to pass away. Folks, let me promise you this. Every one of your family members one day is going to pass away. Little Amorous knows Jesus. My cousin doesn't. My Aunt Jenny, who I love so much, she knows who God is, but I don't think she's saved. An aunt and uncle that passed away that I hope were saved, they say they were saved, and I just don't know. I was reading in Reader's Digest. This daddy was telling a story. He said this. He said, we got some news from the doctor that our little daughter had leukemia. He said, I never would go to church. He said, I'd tell my wife, if y'all want to go, y'all go to church. And they went to church and went to church. He said, listen to me. He said, every night when I found out she had leukemia and, and that it had, it, the stage, it was way too late in the stages. He said, every night I'd go in, into a room. I was the first stop. It was the first stop when I got off work. I'd go into a room and I'd see her and I'd love on her a little bit. And I'd walk out of there. So one night my daughter got, grabbed me. And she said, Daddy, she said, the Sunday school teacher tells me that I don't need to worry. That if I, if I were to die, I'm going to heaven. She said, I heard that when I get to heaven, I'll get a crown. And I get jewels in my crown for everybody I bring with me. And she said, Daddy, I sure would love to know that you're going. He said, he knelt right there beside her bed. And as childlike as he could and she could lead him, he came to know Jesus. Wasn't long after that that she passed away. The week after she passed away, he walked into church with his wife. He went up to the preacher and he said, preacher, can I say something to the congregation? And that's always scary. That's always scary. Like, can I have the microphone? That's, yeah. But he said, sure. 
Daddy got up in front of the church, told his story. And then he said this. He said, my daughter's in heaven and she got a crown and I know she's got at least one jewel in it. And then he asked the question, how many of you will have those same jewels? 4% of church-going Christians have witnessed to someone in the past year. 4%. You say, well, Ryan, well, you know, his family, you know, I I get a little, I get a little scared. You know, sometimes they know where I've been. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. They know where you've been. That's why you have to preach to them. That's why you have to love them. You have to love them. You have to love them. Then you, what about your friends? What about your friends? And I'll quickly go through this. I I, I will, I will. But let, let, let me tell you something. Paul, Paul, listen, when Paul was in prison, when Peter was in prison, they had friends who got on their knees and they prayed for him. I wonder who was praying for Paul. I don't think it would have been Peter. When Paul was Saul, I don't think, Peter probably just wanted to whip it. You know what I wish sometimes, folks, listen to me. I wish sometimes there was a verse in the Bible that says, beat the crap out of your enemies. I, no, 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 I, I, mean, I wish there was. I wish there was, because I'd be the best Christian in here. <laughs> I say, guys, let's load them up, get a caravan. We're going to kick some butt. Huh? So, but listen, listen to me, listen to me. Your friends, they're the ones that partied with you. They're the ones that drank with you. They're the ones that smoked with you. They're the ones that took the drugs with you. Or they're the ones that didn't do any of that, but they, just, they were just foul. Or they were the ones that were pretty good folks, and they were the ones that, that didn't think they needed Jesus. So there were some of those people like that. Oh, listen, I sure hope I don't get to see everybody I could have witnessed to that's dying and suffering in hell. I hope I don't get to see that, because it doesn't say there won't be tears in heaven. It says he'll wipe them all away. He'll wipe them all away. I hope I won't have to see any of that and there won't be any sorrow or pain. I don't know how long it is into that where I'm standing before him in judgment, but I'm telling you folks, I'm telling you, I'm hoping I'm saying something to every person that I love, all these friends. But folks, sometimes it's like an onion. You try to tell them about Jesus, you've got to pull back a layer and then pull back another layer and then pull back another layer until you get inside and you realize that they're beginning to understand and beginning to see all that you would put your friends on there. Guys, realize something. I, there are some companies out there right now. This is, this is the news. Not, this isn't something I'm reading off some crazy site. There are some companies out right now where you wear a necklace. And it will beep if you get too close to someone else. There's social distancing necklaces. And I'm serious. I'm serious. No joke. And so we've come into this society. This is where we've come to, where we say, okay, listen, if, if, if it goes to beeping, almost like it's a dog collar, almost like a shot collar, almost, except it's beeping to tell you, hey, listen, you're a little too close to this person's space. We've gotten to where, look, and hey, everybody likes their space, but we've gotten to that point where we can't even converse and talk, and you're, you're too close to me, and step back in the line, and what are you doing, and nobody's talking, and when, they got, when we're walking through stores, we just kind of keep our head down. We don't even know what to say anymore. I know what Christians ought to be saying. 
Jesus. Not mocking for one another for this, not mocking one another for not wearing masks, not mocking each other for wearing masks, not mocking each other for this and that and the other. We ought to be preaching Jesus. We ought to be just preaching Jesus, folks. Listen, our friends. I read this and then I'm going to move. In Japan right now, if you don't have a family, you can rent one. If you need photos, this is no, and it's a big business. If you need photos with a friend, you can rent them. If you need a family to show up at your event, people will come and pretend to be your father and mother. People, hey, listen, you can pose with a child and it be your grandchild. All you got to do is pay the money. Look, 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 you can, you can, hey, I, there's some family members I'd pay to get away from me, amen? No, <laughs> I didn't mean that. Yes, I did. All right. Listen to me, listen to me. The world we're beginning to get into is so antisocial, I wonder how you're going to witness. Back when you had a chance to witness, we didn't. Now that nobody wants to hear what you've got to say, I wonder how hard it's going to get. Oh, our friends are tough. Our friends are tough. Two boys grow up knowing each other all their life. They grow up knowing one. One becomes a preacher and one becomes a priest. They show up and drink coffee together. One's parked in the front, one's parked in the back. While they're leaving, while they're leaving, they accidentally run into one another. There's a wreck. The priest gets out and says, let's pray. And they pray. He says, let's have communion. He pulls out two cups. He has some whiskey in his glove compartment, pours it into two cups. He says, let's drink it. Preacher douses his down, looks at the priest and says, are you going to drink yours? And the priest says, yep, as soon as the police leave. Amen? You'll catch on in a minute. Listen to me. You got friends who need Jesus. Are you praying for them? But here's the last thing. There ought to be an enemy on your list. There ought to be a foe on your list. Guys, I, <laughs> this political stuff's got me messed up. My heart's not right all the time. I, it's got me messed up. I love this nation. I love this nation. But I'm gonna tell you something, folks. I, I look over in California where they got churches shut down. They're, call, they're charging them so much money to just, just to go to church. If they do, they're, they're fine. I see these, these, these leaders going to restaurants while they're telling people not to go to them. I see the, the, the mayor of New York dancing in the streets while nobody else can be out there. I see all these people doing this. And my mind just goes, oh, I can't believe, I can't believe this is happening. How, how did in the world this do this? And I look for that verse, that same verse I told you about, about thou shalt beat the crap out of your enemies. And I'm looking for it. Let me, let me, I'm a confession, and then I'm, I'm going to close. I can promise you this, and, and there'll be some snickers and some laughs, but I want you to hear me out. On a daily basis, I think about Nancy Pelosi dying. You say, well, you ought not be preaching. No, 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 listen to me. Just about every day. 
I think to myself, you know what? People like her are ruining this nation. They hate God. They hate Christianity. Look, 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 listen to me, listen to me. And then I go before the Lord. God, you've got to help me. I love America so much, this land you've given us and this freedom. And then I think to myself, how awful I must be to want her to suffer in hell forever. Some of us couldn't care less if she went to hell. He said, he said, put them on your list. Put them on your list. Put them on, write them down. Write it down. Get your list. Write them down. When you got a friend, you got a foe, you got all these things. Listen, I'm going to put Joe Biden down and listen, I'm having a hard time. And I, Nancy Pelosi down, I'm having a hard time because sometimes I can see and it's very, very close and that's how evil I can be, folks. I need Jesus every day. I need him every day. I need him every day because I can see the flames pouring up and I can see him getting closer and closer to him and I'm getting to where I just don't care anymore. And God, don't let me get that way. Don't let me get that way. Folks, what I want you to do tonight is I want you to think of that loved one. I want you to think of that friend and that family member. And I want you to think of that foe. And tonight, we're going to pray for him. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Lord Jesus, we love you and thank you, Jesus, for the story of Paul. We thank you, Lord, that at some one time you came and you plucked him out of the fire. And Lord, we're praying for every loved one we have, Lord. We're praying for every loved one that I have, that you'll save their souls, God. Starting tonight, God, that we'll see miracles of souls being saved. And God, that we will pray and pray and pray until we see a breakthrough. Lord, we love you and we thank you and we give you all glory and all honor and praise. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. As we stand, you know what I hope you'll do? I hope somebody will come to the altar and pray for that loved one. I hope somebody will come to the altar and pray for that loved one. I pray you'll pray for this nation. Oh, we're going to need it. Come Wednesday, we're going to need it. And it's going to be harder than ever. It's going to be harder than ever. It's going to be harder than ever to keep a Christian attitude. And I pray we will. I pray we will. It doesn't mean I'm not going to preach against policy sometimes when it's against God's will or those things. But I'm going to pray for their souls. They've got to be saved. They've got to be saved. Oh, what it would be like if revival broke out in the U.S. Congress. Amen. What a wonderful and inspiring word we've just heard. It is our prayer that our Lord has richly blessed you through this message. Please join us next time for another message from our pastor. Until then, may you find hope and peace through Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior.